Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hmm, my chest hair is getting a bit out of control, isn't it? Anyway, hi there, welcome to another workout for you to row along to. It's basically it's the fluffy thing because it's quite windy outside, so it stops it getting too much wind noise. What we're going to do today is a nice low intensity, long, slow row, what I've started calling an LSD row, long, slow distance one. Okay, so this is about keeping the intensity down, uh, keep the stroke rate down, and just get through the um, nice technique session, but also kind of build up your fitness and just spend some time on the rowing machine, listen to my waffle. Okay, so I'm going to, as I always do, uh, I'll row the session and I will keep you company by talking about various things like technique, motivation, my dinner plans, how lovely the weather is uh, today, and all that kind of stuff, just to keep you entertained as we get through this workout. Because what we're going to do today is three 12 minute intervals with 90 second rest in between. Now you don't have to take those rests but the point of today's row is that we're going to do it at 20 strokes a minute and at 2k plus 18 pace in order to try and keep that intensity down. So those 90 second rests after each interval will just give you a chance for your heart rate to just ease back down a little bit slower to then go into the next interval and then ease down it back into it. Whereas if you try and do this as a 39 minute straight row, there's a good chance that by the time you get to run about minute 30 and up, your heart rate's gonna start to get that cardio drift where the intensity is gonna rise. Now, if you're doing the 1K plan, yesterday's session should have been an absolute max effort. In fact, today my watch is telling me that I'm only 12% recovered because today, because yesterday was so tough. And then tomorrow's session three is also going to be a tough workout so today's one has to be a low intensity keep that energy down build yourself back up ready for it. okay so if you push this too hard stress your body too much you're not going to be able to perform in the next session and you're going to end up kind of scraping that barrel of energy and that's what we don't want to happen okay there we go so i've sold you on this one i hope so you're going to get into this with me but we have to do a four minute warm-up before we can get anywhere near our main session which starts by setting up our machine first now in the concept two that's the lever on the other side of the machine uh, where you set your drag factor now if you don't have a drag factor i've got a video on this channel that you can watch and find out all about it if you know a little about it you know how to set it but you don't know where to set it i recommend around about 130. if you know nothing about it just set your lever between four and five because too low isn't an issue too high is the issue issue okay if you're on a non-concept two, just set the resistance or water or the amount of hamsters you have in your machine so that you get a nice feel from the stroke but you don't have to heave against it to get it going next up if you can set your monitor eye height to eye height sorry so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down i'm not looking up that sun's way too bright um, and finally if you can adjust your foot stretcher height get it to a point uh, or to a height where you're able to come into the front of the machine and your shins point vertically okay if you kind of struggling to get there it could be flexibility but it could also be because your feet are set too high if you're scooting straight past that it could be because your feet are set too low all right and that just causes kind of mostly it's all about power leaks but it could cause injury so four minute warm up, we're going to do this at around about 20 strokes a minute and I want you just to think for the first minute about enough of a, just a little light push from your legs so you can feel the power come through your body and into the handle and then we can worry about increasing it, okay? So remember it's a warm up, not a hit the ground running up, okay? Now I'm going to have to put sunglasses on I'm afraid, so I have to hide my, ugh, hide my eyes. So we're going to go in three, two, one, go. So power wise, I keep on saying it's just like a standing up, okay? So I really don't want this to be that much of a push because all I want you to think about is that your feet connect, that you push that light push at the same time that your handle connects to the machine. So if you're pushing too hard from your legs, it can cause timing issues anyway. So if you just think about that feeling when your hands pick up, if I call it picking up the handle, connecting to the machine, at the same time as you push. That's what you want to do. So just thinking about a light pressure here means you're not panicking about pace or pushing too hard and all that stuff. So just think, are you pushing too soon so your backside's scooting away from you? Or are you picking up too soon and therefore your leg drive can't quite connect? And so as you get that timing right you can just add in a bit more of a push you should hear your machine get a little bit louder as you push a little bit harder 
Remembering, of course, that you want to have straight arms as you push and a forwards tilt in towards the front of the machine. And that helps that power get up from your legs to your posterior chain, through your shoulders, into your arms. Now I'll talk more about technique as we get through the main session, but for the time being, in three strokes time, take one foot out of the straps and put it on the, the, put it on the floor, ground, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. So, one foot out, on the ground, continue rowing. Okay, got some lovely spongy grass. If you're a regular viewer, you would have heard about, I don't know, six, seven sessions ago, I'd put down some nice organic fertilizer onto the grass, and it's done a great job. Nice and thick and lush, just in time for autumn. <laughs> Let's swap feet. Other one on the ground, carry on rowing. So this is just opening up your hips, just moving those body angles a little bit so you can get that forwards tilt. You can be rocking from the one o'clock into the front and 11 o'clock at the back. Or as you're looking at me, 11 o'clock forwards to one o'clock back. Let's take one more here. Put your other foot back in. Don't worry about strapping up. Legs straight. Just roll with your back and arms. So you swing over your back, pull in your arms. Out with your arms, swing over your back. Simple. But that initial, that rock of your back from forwards to backwards needs to be done with straight arms so you can connect to the machine with that power from your back first and then pull in your arms, okay? That's how you add power into the machine. Okay, let's roll straight to the front of the machine again. Tighten those straps on the way. Forwards tilt, arms straight, and just press out from the front. Not too hard, okay? I want it to be back to that initial push from your feet, that light push. Just so you can think about that connection, your feet to your hands, but also holding that forwards tilt and straight arms as you do so, okay? Because that's so important that you push out, that you start the drive with straight arms and a forward tilt. Whoosh. Okay. I am done with my warm-up. You can, of course, continue rowing if you wish, or just do some light rowing, have a quick drink, while I quickly recap what today's main session is. Alrighty then, so today's workout is going to be 312. Alrighty then, so today's workout is going to be 312 minute intervals with 90 seconds rest in between. And what I want you to do is aim for 20 strokes a minute, and your pace is going to be round about 2k plus 18 seconds, or around about 5 out of 10 effort. If you don't know what 2k training pace is, please do check the description to this video. A bit late now, I know. <laughs> but that's got a full explanation of what 2k training pace is, how to work out yours, and then how to apply it to rows. Um, but that's what we're doing, okay? So it's really that kind of low intensity. If you're doing this from a heart rate training zone point of view, then it's gonna be really between 60 and 70%. Try not to get past that 70%. Keep it nice and low intensity, work on your stroke, work on just that kind of core fitness, build up your system to be able to grow fast when you need to grow fast, okay? It's exceptionally important uh, workout to do in terms of your core fitness. So, let's get into this. Who knows what I'll talk about today? I have absolutely no idea. Not that I ever think about it, but sometimes I at least can think, mm. So, right, sunglasses on again, sorry. And we're gonna go in three, two, one. And we're off. So 20 strokes a minute is one stroke every three seconds. And it's a beautiful stroke rate for so many reasons. From an intensity point of view, this is that low intensity, five out of 10 effort that will build your core fitness, that will give you time to work on your stroke technique. From a low rate point of view, it's nice and low, but there's a sense of more, well for me anyway, I find there's more of a sense of rhythm to 20 as opposed to 18. It's just the right sweet spot. 
18 can sometimes feel a little bit awkwardly slow. But the other great thing about 20 strokes a minute is that it's one stroke every three seconds. And that lends itself to a couple of cool things. For a start, if you struggle with holding a stroke rate, then all you have to do is make sure to count down on your monitor every three seconds. Take a stroke every three seconds and you know you'll be rowing at 20 strokes a minute. It's the magic of maths. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're my brother-in-law who one evening tried to introduce me to the concept of imaginary numbers. I'm like, oh, hang on. It's quite amusing. It was like, you know, when you see films of scientists trying to train monkeys. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like as Pete was trying to explain the concept of imaginary numbers. But the best way, or what I took away, is that, you know how in our mathematic model, if you multiply two negative numbers, so like minus four, multiplied by minus four. That gives you a positive, 16. Well, Pete's point of view for imaginary numbers is that there will be numbers out there that when you multiply them will remain negative. And I can kind of get my head around that. And I think that's when he stopped. <laughs> He's like, all right, the monkey has learnt a tiny bit. He gave me a pat on the head and a treat and wandered off. <laughs> Good monkey. Uh, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. So, maths. <laughs> One stroke every three seconds. But the other thing is that you can break the stroke down into three one-second chunks when you're at 20 strokes a minute. So you get the drive, which lasts one second. You then get the release. So in the handle, when you release it away from you again, then your body rocks over your hips. So drive, release, drive, release. And then there's the recovery which is when all you're doing is bending your knees to slide towards the front of the machine again. So drive, release, recover. Drive, release, recover. And notice, well, if you're watching this in the video anyway, how when I do it, everything feeds into itself. I'm not pausing at the back. The handle comes in, straight back out, even though my legs remain down. Do you see that? So legs are down, now they bend down, bend. So it's only when my hands are past my knees and my body is in that forwards rock that I eventually 
bend my knees to recover. So the actual slide forwards only lasts a second, but the total recovery after the drive, which is the release and the slide, actually takes two seconds. So drive for one second and then return, which is the release and the slide is two seconds. And you don't want to do the opposite of that, where you take two seconds over the drive, like a really slow, lazy drive, but then race forwards. Let's see if I can try that. So drive and then, okay, which if you come back afterwards, spool back to five minutes to go on this interval and take a look at the pace I rode at for those two or three strokes, you'll see it dropped right down because I was no longer connecting and accelerating into the stroke. I was just moving myself backwards without much force. And although today's row is meant to be a low intensity workout, it's not a no intensity workout. So the effort scale that I tend to use really for rowing purposes starts off around about 4 out of 10 and that's your initial warm-up or cool-down. That's like I say just like standing up or a bodyweight squat. So that's four out of 10. One out of 10 is really just sitting on the sofa, watching a good film on Netflix. Other streaming channels are available. It'd be even more available if they'd like to pay me to talk about them. But yeah, so one out of 10, it's basically nothing, just living. I mean, if you want to go that far, nothing out of 10 is when you're sleeping or dead. <laughs> but don't be dead. Uh, one out of 10, sitting on the couch. Two out of 10 is when you wander into the kitchen to get more snacks. Three out of ten is if you have to climb some stairs to get those snacks. And then four out of ten is when you have to squat down because your favourite chocolate, nuts, crisps, whatever, ice cream is at the bottom shelf. And so you have to squat down to get it and then stand back up again. But then five out of 10, that's like right now where you're putting in more of a push. You can feel that it's more like effort. Your heart rate has increased. Your breathing rate is up, but you can still have a conversation. It may be that you need to let the other person speak from time to time in order to catch your breath again. But 
you should still be able to row for half an hour or so and hold a conversation about what it was you were watching on Netflix or some other streaming service. I mean, Amazon Prime, Disney, Hulu, whoever wants to take top of my <laughs> list here. I'm cheap, very easily bought. <laughs> but then six out of 10 is a bit more of a push. Seven out of 10 and eight is when you're pushing so hard, you have to focus to keep the pace up because the intensity is increased. And then nine and 10 out of 10 is when you're really putting everything into it. You go anaerobic, it's harder to breathe. Your heart rate gets close to maximum. All right, two more strokes. One more. So, talking to heart rate, just strap out. I finished at 131. My resting heart rate, I'll round it up to 40. It's usually around about, well, when I'm asleep, about 34. When I'm sitting at my desk working, about 37, but we'll just say 40. So, for me, it's quite a large increase from a 40 resting heart rate to 130. Have a drink. Uh, 130 um, at the end of the 12 minutes. But what I'm interested in is not just what my heart rate gets to during the exercise, which is finish at 65% of my max. Admittedly, I'm talking to you at the same time, so that adds a bit of a toll. But I'm also interested in to see, interested to see how much my heart rate recovers by over this minute and a half, and hopefully then compare it in the next rest period to how far I recover. There's 20 seconds to go, I'm down at 73. Any luck I'll get under half, but I don't think so. Nah, I'm 71 with 10 seconds to go, so I won't go down to 65. Get yourself strapped in, ready for the next interval. Same thing in five, four, Three, two, one, go. <clears throat> now, I have to even admit for myself, that was quite a meandering first interval in terms of what I was talking about. Although, I think it's the first time that brother-in-law Pete has been mentioned in one of my rows. That's my sister's husband, Pirate Pete. Although my kids call him Uncle Pizza. I think it came from Pete, sir. But they said it so fast, it was Uncle Pizza. And it's kind of stuck. But bless him, he's okay with Uncle Pizza. He even signs birthday cards as Uncle Pizza. But he's in my, in my phone as Pirate Pete. No idea why. So, same thing again, just the same stroke rate, the same pace that you were rowing the last time round. So, even if, in order to hold, I mean it shouldn't be, because you had that rest, but say you were rowing and thinking the first interval was five out of 10 effort, but then you started this one, and to row at the same pace, you're now like, this feels more like six out of 10. Then herein is where training protocols start to diverge. One school of thought, well, certainly when this is based around heart rate anyway, is that you want to maintain your heart rate zone. So if you're meant to be rowing this at UT2 heart rate, then pick a pace that falls, that lets your heart rate fall in that zone. But if you suddenly call this 
6 out of 10 effort. It could be your brain just going, oh, this is getting a bit hard. And actually slowing down is counterproductive, which is why I tend to train with a 2K training pace. Because as a kind of comparison to what you can achieve in a 2K, slowing down by 18 seconds from your current 2K 500 meter average is kind of the same amount. Someone who has a slower 2K, say you've got a 10 minute 2K, okay? Then there are strength and fitness, um, what's the word? Don't say issues. It's basically, you have a lot of room to improve. Let's say that. If you have a 10 minute 2K. So actually, slowing down just 18 seconds will be useful because you need to build your power and fitness. However, someone with a six minute 2K is really up at the sharp end of strength and fitness. And slowing down 18 seconds will still keep them powering along at the right pace for them to develop their fitness and stroke technique, but it won't be so slow that they're not getting value out of it. So if I said, right, I want you to, I don't know, drop off a full minute. Oh, that's not really right. Say, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's other ways to calculate it, to get it completely wrong, where the slower rower will back off way too much because they need to build up their fitness and things. But maybe the six minute rower won't slow off, slow down enough. And therefore they never get this kind of recovery row because they're always working at too high an intensity. I get the feeling I tied myself in knots a little bit there. So what happens when <laughs> you don't plan what you're going to say. But what it does reveal is that there's no one way to bake this cake. Training plans, approaches, even coaches, everything's up for grabs for what suits you. Maybe, maybe my approach at coaching just being quite low key and just talking away to you isn't what you need. Maybe you need some banging techno tunes and you'd much rather I was constantly shouting platitudes at you like a second-rate peloton instructor constantly going come on feel those muscle fibers every time you push remember sweat is pain oozing out of your body apologies for the fact i instantly went american there 
but you'll hopefully agree that of that type of a coach the best ones do tend to be American what I try and model myself on is Troy what's his second name Jacobs who years ago and I'm talking 13 14 years ago I used to be a real cycling disciple of his because he had these workout videos called spinnervals and I'd strap into my cheap turbo trainer put on one of his turbo sessions and he'd talk me through it what to do how fast to go and all that stuff and he was probably still a bit more high energy than me but he was very calm and collected there's no real hyperbole when it was time to go fast he'd tell you it's like come on get that rpm up push spin it but he wouldn't be just yelling nonsense at you because for a start I have no idea how you're getting on so for me this 203 pace at 20 strokes a minute which is my 2k plus 18 pace it's a walk in the park yep I've broken sweat yep my heart rate in this interval is already 142 so that's 11 more than the last interval but because I row a lot and I'm quite fit this is a walk in the park for me whereas maybe you don't have the base fitness yet to be super comfortable even at this pace for this duration of intervals so if I was to just say to you how oh, you should be feeling fresh this should be a walk in the park for you and you were rowing along with me breathing out of your eyes all it's going to do is put you off however what I'd say is if that is the case back off the pace this is meant to like I say even if you just think could I hold a conversation at this pace that's your kind of baseline so if you're working so hard that you're like I couldn't even tell you what my name is on a session like this then you're going too fast to ease off a couple of seconds pace or 50 watts whatever you have on your monitor to allow your body to get back to this low intensity fitness building state again I mean there's only 11 strokes left of this interval so maybe it's just something that you want to address in the last one but do address it because like I said in the intro this isn't meant to be exhausting you okay three more strokes two more last one okay 90 seconds rest again for those of us that are stopping because remember I tend to talk about the energy you need for rowing in two different ways either as a bowl of power or more conveniently a petrol tank filled with power okay so you put in your blue fuel that's what the 
Blue is around the RA logo, it's your blue fuel. And then how fit you are is how big your tank is, okay? How much fuel you can fit in there. So if you've only got a small tank, the point of a row like this is to grow that tank. Have a drink. <coughs> Try not to choke on your drink. <coughs> oh, excuse me. That was a lung rattler. Hopefully I'll remember to dip the audio there. Um, yeah, so you have your tank and you want to grow your tank, okay? And then ideally what you want is for that tank to then fill up with fuel again. And it's rows like this that grow that tank, okay? So yesterday's workout was a really tough one. You'll probably have used all your fuel. Then today you can grow that tank slightly bigger by working on these fitness boosting rows. 10 seconds to go. I will continue this analogy when we get into the third interval, of which is the same as the previous two. Two, one, go. <sighs> so yeah, bear with me on this one. It does make sense, I promise you. And it may help, if only not directly with what we're talking about, but how you think about your body for day to day. So, you have your tank of fuel. A row like this grows that tank. And then what it also does is it doesn't use up too much of the fuel that's still sitting in there. So after yesterday's workout, you might not have quite filled up your tank again from a recovery point of view. <clears throat> but knowing that you want to row today, follow me on a timeline point of view, you go, I mean, so the next day, you know, you want to row in order to build that tank so it's a bit bigger. And so a session like this will build that tank, but also because it's not too intense, <coughs> just as he was rowing a bit too slow, <laughs> It's not too intense. What it does is it just sips away at the fuel that has recovered after yesterday's session. <clears throat> so you don't drain your tank again. So you've recovered a bit from yesterday. And then today's session grows the amount of fuel you can hold, that's your core fitness, and then by not going too intense today, by the time you get to tomorrow or your next session, your petrol tank should have not only recovered to how big it was or how much fuel was in there from session one, but because you've grown the size of your tank from today's session, you can hold just a little bit more fuel so that then when it comes to the tough session, you can go faster for longer because you've got more fuel to spread out over the entire row because remember, the point of a race, any race, is to spread out all of the available power you have during that race. There's no point sitting down in it for a 2K and spending the first five minutes going flat out and basically using all of your available fuel in that first 500 meters so then you basically need to run on fumes just to complete your race 
So say you start off at 140 pace and you're going up and down and you're like, I'm a golden god. You're rowing so fast. And then 500 meters in, your tank is em emptied and you have to slow down to like 220 pace. And that's how you cover the next 1K as you try to recover. And then the last 500 meters, you've got a tiny bit of fuel left. So you speed up to like two minute pace. But in the end, the 2K that you started at 140, you finish at 205 because you just burnt through all of that fuel. However, if you were to start off the race at that 205 pace, then what you find is 500 meters in, you're like, I've got more to give here. And so for the next 500, you speed up to like two minutes pace. Then you're like, it's only a thousand meters to go. And I've got loads of fuel left. I'm gonna go up to 155. And then last 500, you're like, oh, hang on, got still loads. And you really crank it to like 145 pace, finishing the last 100 meters at 140, because the excitement that gets into the close of, close of the race lets you find that little hidden petrol tank, the nitro boost, where you're able to sprint to a finish. There's always room for a sprint. Always. It's like when you go out for dinner. There's always room for dessert. Always room for ice cream. <laughs> but in this example, because you've spread out your available fuel over the whole row whether it's a 1k or a 2 or 5, 10 a marathon, who knows <clears throat> for this 2k whereas last time you got it wrong you only managed 205 average pace now by spreading it out, you look at your monitor and you've done like 153 pace, so much faster. And it felt a lot more manageable to the point that you know that the next time you do it, you can start at two minutes pace and increase. And that's kind of why we train that's why you want to do the odd time trial is to find out what you're capable of what you can achieve so that you can then reflect upon that row not just from a pace point of view not just from a physical point of view but also mentally how did you get on? Like, say there was a... You were doing a pacing strategy where you knew you wanted to aim for two minutes splits in a 2K, okay? There is a strategy where you do your first one at 158, in case you go a lot faster. 
in your first one. But then you slow down to 201 for the next 1000 meters. But then you speed up to two minutes and then see if you can go faster for the last one. If you can only hold that two minutes, you've still got your eight minute average. But if you can squeeze a cheeky sprint out that last 500, chances are you'll duck under that eight minute. And it works. When I did my 630, so 636.7, 2k which is the fastest I've ever gone I'm not hugely fast for a lightweight uh, but that was done as 139 140 140 and then a sprint and that last 500 meter sprint I managed to squeeze an extra 2.3 or sorry an extra 1.3 out of it compared to the first 500 meters and I doubt I would have got that result if I had tried to aim for 139 from the start because mentally being able to back off that one second pace in the middle It's actually quite useful <laughs> but it's not for everyone and that's my point is that pacing strategies coaches training methodology you want to find what's right for you what helps you improve maybe it's heart rate based training maybe it's doing Maffetone heart rate training maybe it's the 80-20 where you train low and slow like really low and slow for 80% of your time and then fast for only 20% like one session a week out of five so you need to find what works for you and then let that be your guide and motivation. That is until you want to find something new. Okay, we're all done. And I hardly spoke about technique today at all, which is quite rare for me. <laughs> Hopefully I've talked about it enough. Usually, in my rows, like the first, and then in a workout like that, the first 12 minutes would be um, just talking technique and saying, push from the legs and arms straight and hook over the handle and things. But every now and then, a session like today happens where I just get carried away talking about other stuff. Which, to be honest, I kind of hope, again, from talking about my style of how I make these, Hopefully it's a good thing. Hopefully you're like, oh, he's talking about something else other than technique. This is something new to listen to. So let me know. Because <laughs> um, like I say, I don't script any of this. It just pops into my head while I'm rowing. So Sometimes the day's experiences will shape what I'm talking about. In fact, I'm going to do this cool down out of the straps. <sighs> right. So two minute cool down. Start this at right about the same pace you started the warm up at. Because of course today wasn't that intense to row anyway. Um, yeah, I've run about 20 strokes a minute. So here we go. In three, two, one. Uh, the reason I'm doing it strapless is just to really try and drill home my technique for this two minutes. Because when you're strapless, your posture at the front and back has to be good. Okay, if I had a really rounded, slumped posture, then don't. <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> Let's not talk about that. You didn't see that, did you? You just, I can't soak up that momentum as I go backwards. Whereas having a good posture here soaks up any momentum that may still be moving me backwards. Because you want to get all of it into the machine. You want to push, connect to the handle, you connect to the whole stroke, oh, so that at the back, there's very little momentum sending you backwards. Because if there is, that's all power that should be going into the machine. Okay? That leg push, your back swing from forwards to backwards, that adds power as long as you're connected to the handle. And that pull of the handle then tops it off. So that here, you're kind of at a zero, or hopefully, as close to zero momentum as possible. And so, by having my feet out the straps, I have to do that. Because it's like I just showed you, if I get it wrong, and there is momentum still sending me backwards, my feet go, oh, <laughs> I hurt the straps. Now, if you're tempted to try this and you've never done it before, what I suggest is just loosen the straps right off first. So that if you do get it wrong, you can flick your feet up against the straps to stop yourself from falling backwards. Because what I don't want is to hear that people hear from people going, I tried your strapless rowing, fell off the machine, bumped my head, not watching you again. Okay, so put your feet in very loose straps, that way you can just quickly catch yourself. And that's us, we're done with the cool down. So the last thing to do is a little bit of stretching. If you don't have time for it, then please just stand next to a wall or whatever, stretch your quads and your hamstrings because that's really important. Don't do it in the shower because I don't want you to slip and fall, okay? Uh, or if you have about six or seven minutes to spend with me, then stretch it on. It's going to take you through a series of stretches. And trust me, the six or seven minutes will fly by. Especially if you stare into his grumpy eyes, deep into his soul. <laughs> or you can join me as I stretch on the machine. Now, this is handy if you don't have uh, a stretching mat or anything near you. So, I put my feet back in, my straps are still loose. So I've got nice straight legs, hands in the air, fold forwards. And that fold should then create a really nice stretch in your hamstrings. I mean, right now, right here in my hamstrings is going zing. I mean, you could, you could pluck my hamstrings like a, uh, uh, I was about to say a G string, but that's the wrong thing to say. <laughs> like an A on a guitar, bing. You couldn't really. That'd be bad. Please don't do that. Please don't come round and flay my skin off and stretch my and play my hamstrings. <laughs> right, so that's the hamstrings done. Oh dear, the sun's obviously gone to my head. Right, glutes next. So put one leg up on the rail, put your other one over into the crook of your knee so that you're kind of healed, sweat, you know what I mean. And then push this leg over your body, hold it in place hand on the back of the machine and then rotate okay and as you rotate so i'm now kind of trying to get my chest to point that way you should feel that stretch just gets right into your glutes whether you have to pull this leg slightly further over your body that might help okay but the point is you want to get that stretch into the glutes i will change legs you'll see that's what i mean by the crook of the knee so leg comes over I face away from you and I rotate and it does it gets right into that glute which I mean today's row wasn't a tough one but it was also it was 36 minutes plus uh, rest time just sitting on the seat unless of course you got off during the rest periods so just that feeling of the sit bones squishing that part of your glutes even if you do kind of reseat during the row from time to time it still starts to get a little bit so a wee stretch can help quads next so Steady yourself on the monitor if you need to, flick up your foot, then hold your heel up against your backside. Try and have a straight line from your shoulder down through your hip into your knee. And then hold, you can pull a little bit harder. Just watch if you're pulling harder, just watch you're not kind of pulling and then you, oh, I'm gonna fall. I meant to do that so I could change legs. <laughs> you don't wanna, if you are pulling, let's see if I can do this without falling over, try and kind of grip onto the, the higher part of your foot as you do it, okay? Because what I don't want you to do is to kind of overflex from your toes and end up hurting your, um, your ankle or your tendons or whatever because you're pulling the wrong part. So just always pay attention to how your body feels when you're stretching. If something's not right, don't do it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Right, uh, next up, 
we'll do hip flexors. So I'll do this without my knee touching the ground. So you can do this with your knee touching the ground, but I'll do it this way. So I'm lunging in to that front leg. Then I bring my other knee down towards the ground, but not touching. And then I push that hip forwards. So I am taking quite a fair bit of force into this leg. To get your posture right and your balance right, it kind of eases off. So if you're really leaning over the front of that foot, you're putting lots of power into it and you're also taking that stretch away from your hip flexor. So I'll change legs. So same again, so lunge forwards, lean into it, get, as you sink that knee down and push that hip forwards, you should feel that your hip flexor right up here gets a nice little stretch. I do prefer putting the knee down all the way and doing this, that, just doing that increased the stretch I get so much more. But if you don't have the option to put your knee on the ground, then you don't have the option to put your knee on the ground. Uh, who's next? What do I do next? Oh yeah, shoulders. <laughs> so, so straight, hand straight out in front of you, bring it across your body, hold it against you. I won't hold anything against you, don't worry. And then again, work out how rotating into it. Now we'll just stretch up here, which is really the part that you should be hanging off during the stroke. Sorry. I do, you'll notice if you, every now and then when you watch my outside videos like this one, that we, I am in a flight path. I got to, it's a Jet 2 plane. They tend to be, I think they're uh, A320s, aren't they? The Airbus A320. I'm a bit of a plane geek, I'm afraid. For all you podcast people, by the way, I just swapped arms. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I do like planes. I think if I had a chance to do it all over again, I'd be a pilot. I've got like one of the, I've got flights in with my computer um, and uh, a VR headset, and oh, it's just amazing. I just wish I had more time to spend to, to fly. Even like a little Cessna 172, brrr, flying my little plane. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, if only I had the time. Anyway, right. Let's do forearms, forearms next. So hands in front of you as though you're praying. Oh, and then push them together and then bring your hands down in front of you. As though you're about to just like, I don't know, it's just like you're about to start a karate thing or something. Karate. My fajitas. There we go. So if I say karate, and my fajitas. What television program am I uh, quoting from? There we go. My fajitas. <laughs> Very popular one. Kids watch all the time. Right, so that should stretch your forearms. Uh, and then what should we do next? Oh yeah, do biceps next. So you're whoosh, flying through the air. We'll take those thumbs outwards. Okay, and that should just elongate your biceps. The funny thing is, is actually the first time I started doing this stretch on the videos, um, I got a really good stretch out of my biceps doing this. Whereas the more I do it now, the less intense it feels. And I think it's just because I need to find a better, a better stretch. It's kind of like, that's a good one for if you have really tight biceps. But once you start to get a little bit of mobility back into them again. Anyway, and we're going to end with uh, triceps. So bring one hand up in the air, put it down to touch your spine, and then use your other hand to help get that elbow back up into so it's pointing straight up to the sky straight up to the moon don't know if he's back out oh, I often wonder whether the sun gets annoyed on days like this when you can see the moon and the sun's like oi moon it's my time go away you get the, you get the whole of the night and I have to hide how dare you come out other arm <laughs> this and other things that go through John's brain on rollalong.com See, again, this is what I mean by find the kind of coach. Maybe, I'm hoping that there are people out there that actually find me relatively amusing and entertaining and that's why you keep coming back. Other people, I'm sure, are just like, oh my good grief, would he just shut up? Those people could probably do a find with someone else because I ain't, I ain't going anywhere, I'm not going to change. <laughs> there we go. So, right, uh, that's us. We're done for stretching. See, I told you it would be nice and quick. Um, and yeah, and that was our nice low intensity workout, which will hopefully, like I say, your petrol tank, your tank, your availability to hold fuel, that core fitness would have grown a little bit. And then um, when you eat well and you drink well, as in, not as in like have steak and wine, not that kind of well, I mean, as in fuel your body properly with the right amount of protein and carbs and fats and you drink water and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
by the next session, with any luck, your, your petrol tank would have filled up with more fuel than you had before because you've grown that core fitness. Uh, it's not a huge amount, of course, <laughs> but over time, that's the point, is that you just grow your tank a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, and uh, your fitness then improves. Like Over a four-week period, your petrol tank would have gone from like that to maybe like that, and like, ooh, I've got so much more fuel in it. And you're able to then uh, put all that out into your rows that you need to do. So that's the point, that's why we train, okay? And it's the point of a structured plan is to kind of, is that you grow your tank and then you do a fast session which then teaches you, teaches you how to use that fuel. And then you grow, get more, then you, you learn how to use that fuel again. I don't know who that one is. I don't know who it is actually. Blue stripe with a yellow fin. Oh, I think it's Continental. Is it Continental? I don't know. <laughs> Told you I was a plain geek. <laughs> anyway, right, there we go. So we're done. Um, that was week, or oh, sorry, I think a fly just flew in my mouth again. Yuck. Um, apologies if you saw that happening. Like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when uh, the guy's about to shoot them and um, Harrison Ford's got his, like, his rocket launcher and the guy stands, the baddie, and he's all like, ah, you're not going to do that. And then a fly goes in his mouth and you're like, ha, ah, that's you get for being a baddie. And then they all, the faces melt off. Spoiler alert. Right. Let's go through, I didn't do this yesterday, but let's do it today. So end workout. Today's workout. Okay, so total calories, I mean, I started this right before the warm-up, um, was 536 calories. Active calories, 437. So 437 calories burnt. Ta-da! Which then means I can go in and eat quite a lot <laughs> to try and get that back. So that's why we train. I mean, again, you don't out-train your fork. You don't do this so that you can... But it's good to know that that's exactly what happened. So... There we go. We're all done for today. Uh, that was week four, session two, our low intensity workout. And of course, week four, session three is going to be back up to a high intensity workout. So I do hope you'll join me for that one or one of my many, many, many other videos I have on this channel. Thank you so much for spending time with me and putting up with me. Oh, I'm so thankful you put up with me. <laughs> and I will see you in the next video, okay? So look after yourselves, take care, be well. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.